three, two, one. Hey shorties, welcome back to the Short Asian Girls podcast where we talk about everything Asian from a five feet point of view. This podcast is about music, fashion, food, cheese, and of course just being short. And of course we're not ABGs but we sure are SAGs and we will talk about everything and anything related to it. So again today for this episode we have another special guest. Yes, um, uh, k-pop queen yes she knows it all she does it all she's she's a k-pop ally yes <laughs> our lovely miss emily hi ladies hi thank you so much for having me congratulations on the podcast thank I'm you excited to be here on season one i appreciate yeah. the invite yes and ditto to you like, yeah for those of you out there who don't know she has had her previous podcast at nyc Pop Queens, mm-hmm. and then we also have K-Pop Weekly Pod. That's yeah. correct. I did New York City K-Pop Queens for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, we did 156 episodes. In the span of? Three years, 156 three years. weeks. Like, didn't take a week off. And that ended in May. I took a break, uh-huh. and now K-Pop Weekly is the new show. So, uh-huh. just launched a month ago. Brand so, new. it's still fresh. Still fresh. fresh. It's still fresh. And there's some new elements, so I'm mm-hmm. still, like, trying things out and figuring what works. So I guess you're you're like our senior <laughs> in our in our in our podcast journey. You are a senior, so yeah. we got our pay respects over here. So I'm happy to be. I'm yeah. always here if you need advice. Uh-huh. I'm happy to of help. Of course. But the video thing is different for me. Mm-hmm. This has been really new. Ours was audio only, which I love. When you first started, the f- yeah. three years New York City mm-hmm. K-pop queens, we were just audio. Mm-hmm. So it was great because you could record looking like crap, and there was no yeah. pressure. To be in front of the lights and in front of the camera has been a new experience for me. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure how much I could help you. Your setup <laughs> is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> but I get the, the deal when it comes to weekly podcasts. I feel like visual aspect definitely puts a different kind of pressure because yeah. obviously you have to look at the camera. Um, and then obviously the vis- the vocal or like the audio aspect. So, But I think, I think we're doing pretty good. Not yeah. too bad. Yeah. Um, but tell us a little bit more about your current podcast. So how is that going for you? What are you doing? I know you said like more of, instead of the studio, it's more at home. Mm-hmm. But like, how does that work out for you? So it's at home. I have the whole setup at home. Mm-hmm. I'm doing everything by myself. It's a one woman production as of now. So she's a boss woman. I'm the boss. I'm like the the CEO, founder. Exactly. Director, content (laughs) creator, producer. Writer. Editor. Intern. Intern. Exactly. I'm I'm doing all of it. It's not all glamorous. Um, But it's a weekly show, Mm -hmm. and I'm doing reviews. Reviews have kind of always been my bread and butter. I'm also Mm -hmm. a journalist and a writer. So I do a lot of reviews. Mm -hmm. And on New York City K-Pop Queens, we did 505 new music reviews mm-hmm. and we do the whole album not just the single oh, so it's okay. really like diving in it's kind of for music lovers who are into k-pop mm-hmm. but on this one i'm also having guests i'm doing something called fandom face-off where i'm trying to change the dialogue with like toxic fans yeah if you know k-pop exactly fans get into it and it gets so ugly they get like possessive but you know i noticed that a lot recently like for the fourth gen yeah k-pop and like, like exactly. literally no no cutting like that like mm-hmm. thing but like i've been liking k-pop since mm-hmm. second gen third mm-hmm. gen and like yeah. i never really experienced that like you know bts and yeah. god seven were like best friends mm-hmm. mama moo and yeah. like all of them they were basically like, like so the close. era when boy groups and girl groups could be friends when they could look at each other in a yeah. show and yeah. not like be canceled i mean it's like you yeah. could put a romantic yeah. spin on it but then you'd know it's a joke yeah. now it's like you can't even sit this close 
or not even so this far. Toxic. No, it's so and online. Like if you go on Twitter or X, whatever it's called now, they fight. The fans yeah. are fighting. Like it's crazy. They're doxing each other. They get really ugly. I'm like, it's kind of scary how far they take things. Yes. And it's scary when you're in this world. I get nervous because uh, yeah. I don't love everything. If exactly. you watch my reviews, if you read my reviews, mm-hmm. I kind of have the fine frame of everything is good and nothing is good. Yeah. Yeah, every song your favorite person puts out can't be the best song ever. Exactly. Yeah. But I try to do it in a constructive way that's about the music, not like tearing down groups mm-hmm. or individuals. Mm-hmm. But I've just noticed online it's gotten so ugly. So I'm doing something called Fandom Face Off where a representative, the first one is going to be Stays and Moas. So T by T, Stray Kids. Okay. Because they go at each other nonstop. Yeah. So I'm like, come on the show. Mm-hmm. You can't drag the other person. You can't drag the other group. It's mm-hmm. all positivity. And we have a special guest judge. They're the ones deciding, not me. And okay. someone from my outside life, I actually started in comedy, so I have a lot of comedian, writer, actor friends. Mm-hmm. So they're going to come on and be the guest judge. They've never heard the music. They've never watched a music video. Mm-hmm. So it's really unbiased. It's unbiased. Mm-hmm. And each fan is going to share why they love the group, why this group deserves to win without being negative. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a challenge. It yeah. seems like it's always comparing. Our numbers mm-hmm. are better. Yeah. Or this person gets more attention. He mm-hmm. has more followers on Instagram. It's like, what about the music? Why do you I feel like group? numbers are becoming such like a forefront thing in everything. Even podcasts, for example. People are like, oh, how many listeners did you get this week? Or how many listeners did you get this month? Yes. Or how many likes? Yes. When ultimately it's like, we put it out not for... The, I mean, obviously it'd be nice to have high numbers. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's like, if you don't like it, then you don't like it. It's not It's not on me if you don't like it, you know? Yeah, and I'm not going to change anything about it because you don't like it, you know what I mean? Same. My biggest yeah. advice would be consistency. Yeah. yeah. Keep doing what you're doing and stay consistent mm-hmm. and you'll build a community around your show. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of podcasters start chasing things. Yeah. It's easy to chase, though. You check the likes. Yeah. I wake up and I check. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh. Oh, I only got two subscribers every mm-hmm. night. No, it's so hard to not fall into that mm-hmm. because those metrics are kind of what sell. Right? I feel like that was one of the things that one of the factors that pushed into why it took us a while to get this out. Because in, at least I can't speak for Sarah, but like for me, I knew that the moment we put it out, it's not just for my taking anymore. Anyone can do whatever they want with it. Yeah. It's social media. You know, the, once it's out on the internet, it's on there. Yeah. So you can edit it however you want. You can change it up however... You can mm. perceive it however you want. So in my mind, it's kind of like a child, you know, yeah. where it's like the yeah. moment we put it out, I knew I was like, oh, it's like it's there. You know, everyone, anyone can say what they want. And I can't... The only thing I can protect is how I view it and like how like I protect And how you art. respond to it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because people will, I will say, there was one specific fandom that got upset with reviews on mm-hmm. New York City K-pop queens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. Clearly, okay, this isn't for you. I'm not an anti. I didn't like this yeah. song. But you have to protect your mental health and how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then otherwise, whatever. Because what you're doing, putting anything out in the world, creating content, whether it's music, a podcast, a writer, whatever it's really brave to put yourself out there mm-hmm. so don't let the haters get you down keep doing you mm-hmm. this this is a hard game that we're yeah. all in but that that's my best advice is to stay consistent keep true to who you are and control how you respond to any negative comments though quick question i know that you had your recent k-pop um podcast yeah how is it different now that you're doing versus before is it easier is it harder like 
I think the hardest part is the video. Mm-hmm. And then also my last podcast, it was my best friend and I. So I had a partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the conversation was a lot easier because every week on this podcast, I don't have a guest. Mm-hmm. So there's some weeks where I'm just doing reviews. It's mm-hmm. a long monologue. Like yeah. last week I reviewed four albums. So it's In a, one go? Yeah. In yeah. One, I don't think I can. So it's a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, so the energy is different. Yeah. And then also just learning to edit. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the editor last time. This time I am. Uh-huh. And learning, like, we didn't do TikToks. You know, we weren't on YouTube. Yeah. So there's just like a learning curve from the tech side, from the background, mm-hmm. that's been a little more difficult. I do like, however, total creative control. Mm-hmm. I can cut a schedule. I'm doing it from home, so I can figure out when I want to film that week. I'm kind of, it's a little bit easier to not have other people involved in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But that's been the hardest part. Then also the video. Knowing you're on camera, it's a little bit different. It's a different thing. So every week I feel like I get better and I'm getting used to it. But yeah, I still have, I still have a ways to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess just like speaking on, obviously we're talking about podcasts, your podcast, our podcast. Why or like what was it about having a podcast that you chose this mm-hmm. type of like platform? So it was during the pandemic. <clears throat> it was May of 2020. Mm-hmm. And my friend and I were massive K-pop fans. Yeah. And we were both single girls living in Manhattan, living mm-hmm. by ourselves in New York City. So the pandemic was super stressful. And yeah. it was kind of, I kind of said, let's start a podcast mm-hmm. because who cares if nobody listens? It gives mm-hmm. us something fun to focus on. Yeah. So because we were doing it remote most of the time, we didn't go to each other's houses. We just re- And we were audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got really comfortable with that setup. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of kept going with that. Mm-hmm. But it was just something fun. It was something to fun. We, so it was like something to just pass your time it was, by. It was, like a, it was a passion project for fun. Yeah. And then we realized after maybe the second week, people are listening. Mm. We saw the stats and then we both had this like, oh shit, we need to kind of make this good. We need to like up our production level here. Yeah. People are listening. Mm -hmm. And then it just took off. And we ended up having, at the end of the day, we had listeners in 199 countries and territories. Ooh, okay. Um, We really, we were a successful K-pop podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think not having video kind of hindered us. Yeah. So I'm taking the lessons from that one into Uh this new one and we'll see where it goes. So like, did you, since when you guys started, was it just like, did you record on your phone or like? No, we recorded, we bought cheap mics Uh and I built like a fort around my microphone with pillows Uh (laughs) and I had my computer in front of me and that's what we did. So it was like podcast on a budget. It was, it was bare bones, uh-huh. it was bare bones on a budget. Um, like my partner was great at editing. So it sounded mm-hmm. professional and that was it. And I feel like since you mentioned that the not having the audio, the vid, the visual aspect hindered you. Cause I feel like over time, especially after the pandemic, yes. people felt more of a need to connect with other people. Yes. So having now, like for example, for us having a visual aspect puts a face yeah. to who's talking because yeah. then if people find comfort in your podcast they want to at least know who's giving them that joy yes yes no that it makes so much sense but i was i think i was a little scared and this might sound weird i didn't want people to judge what i was saying based on how i look yeah i think because of how i look because of how anyone looks people have mm-hmm. preconceived notions of you yeah and it was kind of liberating that no one knew what i looked like mm-hmm. we didn't plug it on our personal social media this was like kind of the secret thing yeah that my best friend and i did mm-hmm. um and i had comments when i met listeners fans of the podcast in person that they were very surprised how i looked mm-hmm. i was like oh i don't know if that's good or bad <laughs> but mm-hmm. i do think now it's important to build that rapport mm-hmm. with the audience like it's 
freeing to finally put myself out there that this is what I look like and you know it, it's a good thing in the end do you enjoy it now having like a visual aspect to it or is it still kind of daunting I think it's part of the game uh-huh. I think if you want to be in the space you have to so mm-hmm. I've gotten more comfortable with it before we went on air we were talking about being so nervous to put it out to put out that first video mm-hmm. and that was like a real hurdle for me I took four months off I wasn't sure if I was gonna do another show mm-hmm. and I was just so nervous my anxiety yeah of like how I looked was mm-hmm. just massive. After that first episode went out and I wasn't getting like a million negative comments about my appearance, I realized, yeah, maybe that's all in your head. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's all good. It's totally yeah. fine. So now I feel a lot better about it. <laughs> now I felt that because like, I mean, <laughs> going back to like, we had this conversation off camera, but like before we even like started this podcast, I pitched it to AJ in mm-hmm. hopes that we were just going to do just the audio, strictly audio. And then not only did AJ do like, say, let's do visual, but everyone mm-hmm. on the team yeah. said, let's do visual. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Let's get out of the comfort zone. Cause usually I'm behind the scenes. Yeah. I go, whether it's entertainment or any other industry I'm working in, I'm always behind the scenes. Yeah. I mm-hmm. do the the websites the videos like I'm always that so I guess it's very different and I feel like for me I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with social media but it's (laughs) fun for me yeah it's like I am but I'm I'm not but I am (laughs) but I've seen just how much like kind of like how you mentioned that no one really else notices it as much as you do no one cares. No one's watching your video to tear apart every little yeah. physical imperfection. And it's like, like it's, they really, they are. Most of the comments, actually all of the comments, knock on wood, have been positive. Mm-hmm. And my first episode, so many of my old listeners, it's so great to see you. Uh-huh. I love the video. Like, or like sometimes they, they'll go like, um, it, they'll only notice it when you point it out. Yep. And then they go, oh, I didn't even notice that. Yep. And then you kind of regret, like, maybe I shouldn't have said that then. I had a whole episode a couple weeks ago. My dog dislocated his hip. I didn't sleep for a week. I looked uh-huh. like shit on camera. I knew. I was like, I look tired. And I had something mentioning it in my newsletter. I put out a newsletter with the podcast every Friday morning. And yeah, nobody, everyone's like, you look the same. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was nothing dramatically different. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. If you don't point it out, no one's noticing. And I feel like, even if someone notices it, I feel like a lot more people are more like accepting or they yeah. enjoy like the authenticity. Yes. Like if your room's messy in the background, then at least someone's watching it and being like, hey, it feels like we're on a FaceTime call. Yes. Or it's like I heard recently where, you know, people's attention spans are like decreasing. But according to like studies from like professionals in the media that a lot more people want long form content like podcasts or long YouTube videos because they want something to kind of put on the TV while they're just doing their, going about their everyday lives. Well, and like with podcasters, you feel like you know them. Yeah. I mean, I used to listen to this music podcast and I don't anymore. I wouldn't recommend this, but years mm-hmm. ago I listened to Joe Budden podcast mm-hmm. and I felt like I knew him and Rory and Mal, like we were friends. So you're building a rapport with your Mm-hmm. Okay. We're good. <laughs> uh, you're building a rapport with people where they feel like they know you because if you listen to podcasts every week yeah you, you feel like that's your friend uh-huh. so you have all these listeners now and I have listeners from my previous podcast who are now my friends uh-huh. like I've built a community with people because we love the same thing mm-hmm. so I'm excited for you guys to experience this it's a special world there's challenges but it's really rewarding the one thing that when we started um posting our episodes or like even just the social media the amount of like support that we got from that was like overwhelming for us or like when we posted our 
playlist because we have like a weekly playlist that we put out yeah. just of like music that we just genuinely enjoy rather whether it be k-pop yeah j-pop or like american music whatever we tag the artist not expecting them to see it but just because we want to give them where credit is due and then we were getting them like responding to our stories Liking and then it. replying so it. and cool. we would kind of and we would text each other like hey did you see this this so person cool. just like replied <laughs> to us but then it, it kind of feels good to be seen but at the same time not because you want to be seen but yeah. because you're just purely enjoying it when it's like what you're passionate about so yeah. it doesn't feel you're not trying again a lot of people start podcasts mm-hmm. to try to make money to mm-hmm. try to kind of get clout mm-hmm. you're just you guys are just vibing and people yeah. are responding mm-hmm. to it so there's something so authentic to that mm-hmm. the first time we had publicists reach out to us i was like did you feel, you felt official publicists knows yeah. who we are they're like, asking us to me. review their release like <laughs> uh-huh. it still blows me away when people from the industry like something or shoot you an email it's mm-hmm. it's the best val- for me that's like the best validation yeah. it's like oh wow i love this group and they know who i am mm-hmm. cool amazing yeah, actually before i mean okay we have like a little segment later that we're gonna be talking about like more k-pop love it kind of going unhinged about it Can't wait. but like mm-hmm. why k-pop so i'm a music nerd um mm-hmm. I'm a huge, huge music nerd. I grew mm. up, like, that was a really important thing in my family. We listened to records and danced, mm. and mm-hmm. my parents are into music, my brother. But I came up on kind of, like, hip-hop, R&B, soul, funk, and that's still what I go back to. Yeah. And that's, like, my favorite genre. Uh-huh. But I was writing for a gossip blog in 2017, and I was covering the American Music Awards. Mm. So I was, like, live tweeting. The AMAs, okay. And everyone's tweeting about BTS. Yeah. Who the heck is BTS? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm like a pop culture nerd and I didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. So I watched the pre-show and I was like, oh, they're cute. Oh, this is mm-hmm. cute. And then I watched their performance. And mm-hmm. I've got to say, when they first came on, it was culture shock. Yeah. Being from here, I wasn't used to seeing that. There was more what, m- like the makeup and the androgyny. And like Western artists don't do the whole full package performance, like the dancing. It was different than our boy band. Yeah. And, I've, and the first like... 10 seconds, I was like, what is this? And uh-huh. then about 30 seconds in, I thought, okay, well, they have to be lip syncing. There's no way they're singing. That mm-hmm. can't be their voices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, I was like, that song was amazing. And that one in the middle, I'm obsessed with. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Who was that? Who was that? Jungkook. Oh. Well, as, as it should be. As Jungkook. it should be. <laughs> this was DNA era Jungkook. Oh, yes. okay. It doesn't get any better. So yeah. then I started, like, as I was watching the Wrestling Ward show, Googling. I watched the mic drop music video. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the I Need You music video. Yeah. Which is so dramatic. The one guy's collapsing. Uh-huh. Yeah. This guy's like <laughs> killing his stepdad with a bottle. Yeah. It was drama. And I was like, what is this? There's a mm. whole world around this, these I music videos. I feel like videos. K-pop is one of those genres that... The reason why it does so well is because they put so much into it. Whether it be money, time, effort. All of it. It's this yeah. whole package that I'd never seen before. And that night I just became obsessed. Mm-hmm. And then I became a multi. I heard Monsta X on mm-hmm. like New Music Friday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who's this new boy band? Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. it. And CT127 was the next group yeah. I was introduced to. And then I just became obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And I it just, just got dragged into it's it. It's just been, I say I've been in this K-hole, not like yeah. drugs, like yeah. the K-pop I mean, K-hole for the time I found it. People say like, once you're in it, it's like hard to get out. And, and all my friends, like, I don't have friends that are into K-pop. I don't. Really? No, this was not something in my world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone could be like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Now it's fun. Like if I go to a party and people are like, oh, what do you do? Or what are you into? And I talk about K-pop. Yeah. Now people are like, oh, like BTS. Oh, New Jeans, that's Shy Song. Yeah. Like, it's changed so much in the past six years, mm-hmm. the way people respond mm-hmm. when I mention it. And now a lot of, like, 
normal people like K-pop. Yeah, and or like songs to me. Or like even if they're not fans, they'll yes. be like, "Oh, it's this song from this group," right? I'm like, "How the or heck like do you names, know that?" Or like they start naming specific people, yeah. like people like like Felix, like when he was on Fashion yes. Week, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, Felix." I'm like, "How do you how do you know that?" It's, Excuse me. It's what? the reason why it's more. It, I feel like exciting or surprising for us. I don't I can't really say for you, yeah. but for me, I think I was like nine years old when I first found K pop. So then I was oh. still like really young and then yeah. I couldn't really go to my friends and be like, Hey, do you guys listen to this group? Because they'll be like, What the heck are you talking about? And then it was more like mm-hmm. I guess taboo at that at the time. Yeah. Kind of like how anime was. Yeah. Where everyone was like, Oh, you're weird for liking that. Like yep. you don't even understand what they're saying and I'm like, that's not the point. But now yeah. it's kind of both like kind of sad and ha- like i'm happy that people are liking it now because when you say you like k-pop people are like oh like which group but before when i was a kid i'm like they thought i was weird you had to, like hide it you were yeah. like which yeah. one or like which one or like, like start like, saying those like stereotypical uh-huh. questions that honestly mm-hmm. i don't really like when people say but i mean i get it i know exactly yeah. what you're talking about but I then will, i'm yeah. just like oh well i mean i what i like what i like and yeah. if you don't appreciate it like i'll i won't bring it up but mm-hmm. yes. don't down me on it because yeah. it's no i don't care what if you what you say about it yes. i still like it the people that try to argue with me about it it's like why does it matter that i'm obsessed with this it's not hurting you or yeah. it's like they say or they make you feel like your music um choices aren't valid oh for sure over theirs i've had people say to me what, like music people mm-hmm but I thought you had good music taste. <gasps> that hurts. That one, that, one, like, that one would actually hurt me. And I do. And I'll tell you why this is the best. Uh-huh. Like, but you have to have an open mind to mm-hmm. it. Because people have such a like closed box around K-pop. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, no matter what genre you like, tell me the genre. I'll find you a group that yeah, fits no. within that. Yeah, exactly. They're not like, all the same. Yeah. And it's I like, would, it doesn't, sorry. It doesn't even matter to like, if you don't like it, I'm fine with that. But exactly. don't, don't like insult exactly me liking exactly, it exactly 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 yeah i was like talking like to my like my friend recently like one of my best friends she didn't really like it at first yeah like she was like they all look the same like yeah. what Th- is that this? comment they look like girls they all yeah. look the same yeah and like after a while like i started showing her i guess got seven at first uh-huh. because their music wasn't like the stereotypical like yeah thing good. but it was more like oh like you know about mm-hmm. girls right and then Stray Kids came around, yeah. and then all of a sudden she knows all their names. She has a bias. <laughs> she has the album. She has like, photo cards, and I'm like, like, see. Or even when you know Astro. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, right at the end of high school, they had that their show. Yeah. On Netflix, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. I know that what you're show. talking about. Yeah. And I forced my friend to watch the whole, whole thing with me, <laughs> and she was just like, oh, "He's cute," <laughs> and it was just some kind of just another world of like, you know. You know, K-dramas, like, it's mm-hmm. no different, you know? So. I love K-dramas. Yeah. Got my parents hooked on K-dramas. <laughs> they watch more than I do now. I'm like, I don't have time. There's, like, 16 hour and a half movies. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I watch K-dramas, too. I think people before were just so used to Western media being, like, the standard that once, like, even, like, for, for now, P-pop is becoming, like, really yeah. big, too. Yeah. So, like, once... I guess, like, the American market was, like, getting introduced to, like, these different industries from, like, different countries. They were yeah. like, oh, well, this isn't, like, American music. I'm like, that's the point. 
And that's kind of, this is a whole other subject, but that's what drives me nuts right now about what's going on with all the K-pop stars becoming like American pop stars Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I think they're watering down their product to to fit into this Western standard and you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Like all of these American people like this because it's different. I don't want another pop star. I don't want another Justin Bieber. No shade to Justin Bieber. Yeah. Yeah. But like we're used to that. We see that. I don't need music and Mm -hmm. visuals like him. I liked this because of this. Yeah. There's such yeah. a change happening right now. It's exciting in some ways. Everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm holding on to. It's kind of like, I don't know, when was it? Maybe like two, three years ago when BTS openly yep. like said it themselves that like they appreciate all the love the Western industry has given them, but they felt like they were compromising yeah. on like their or identity as artists just to fit into the Western standard standards. So for me, I felt bad because it's like you enjoy their music, but at the same time, you know what cost it, it comes in. It all changed. Well, I remember Nam June saying he would never, they would never do a song in English. They wouldn't be BTS. Yeah. That was after Monster X came out with their first English one that was really mm-hmm. successful. Their first English album came out of nowhere and it was like really successful. Yeah. And then a year later, Dynamite came out. Mm-hmm. So poor Nam June had to sit there and be like, well, you know, things change with the pandemic. Um, wow. Okay. It's okay. And then, yeah. <laughs> the, the whole thing has changed. It's evolved. In some ways, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. But in other ways, BTS now is in BTS in 2015, mm-hmm. 2017, 2018. It's a different, different deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, we'll go ahead and <laughs> do another part where we yeah. kind of geek more part out two. about the, like the, yeah. the K-pop industry mm-hmm. and like really talk about who we like, different questions. So...